And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. And I am looking forward to a great year. I trust that you are too, praying that this will be the very best year of your life. And I'll tell you, that's what God has in mind. The word says that his plans for us are to do us good and not harm. And the word says the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. So here's what I'm doing. I don't have New Year's resolutions. I don't do that, those. But, but here's, here's my conviction as we enter the new year. Forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching for those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, we're living in a world today where everybody wants to constantly conjure up the past, wallow in the past, live in the past, condemn people for the past. When the word says we're forgetting those things which are behind, you know, if the apostle Paul had lived that way, he could, he would have never become the great apostle he became because he would have been so busy saying, Oh, you know, I persecuted the church. Oh, I presided over the killing of Stephen. Oh, I, I, I took out warrants to arrest people. Oh, I was a terrible person. Oh, woe is me. But he got saved. He had a Damascus Road experience. God changed his heart. He became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And he no longer looked back on the things that he had done. In fact, he said in one text, I have wronged no man. I have defrauded no man. And that could only be said of the new man, the, the apostle Paul, not the former sinner Saul. So, you know, we ought to practice that as a nation. And people want to, they want to live in the realm of slavery. They want to go back to segregation. They want to go back to when women couldn't vote. And they want to constantly tell us what a horrible country we are because of our past. But folks, you cannot drive a car by staring in the rearview mirror. You do that, you're going to crash. You've got to look ahead. You can glance, certainly, for purposes of orientation, to see where you've come from, to see what's coming up on you. But you don't live there. You can't, you can't obsess about what's in the rearview mirror. You have to be focused on what is ahead. That's the only way to drive. Frankly, that's the only way to live life. It really is. You, know, you wallow in the past and you, you, you are going to, a country is going to end up in a kind of psychosis, but individuals will end up in a kind of psychosis as well, wallowing in the past. And so I'm looking forward to, to the future, uh, to what 2023 has in store for us, to what God is going to do for us in 2023. I want to take, of course, as always, take your calls. And if in the midst of commenting on the issues that we bring up today, you want to talk about what God did for you, you want to mention a blessing that you received in 2022, uh, sort of as a as a positive look back to thank God where he brought you from in 2022. Uh, that's fine. Uh, there are two wonderful things that happened for me in 2022. One is that my granddaughter was born on March 8th of 2022. And the second is that my son was healed in 2022. And I ask you all to pray for my son. My son is doing fine. He is completely and totally healed and whole and well and recovering and, and has recovered and is living life normally again. So I thank all of you for your prayers and thank God for his healing power. Uh, so just, just a little, that, that kind of reflection, of course, on the past is wonderful because that's a reflection of gratitude rather than bitter attitude. Uh, now, look, let me mention to you all, I've been once kind of used, done several things with this. I want to try to simplify this. My new book, Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves, is released on January the 18th. It comes out 
to, it, it'll be available in the bookstores on January 18th. Now, you can order it now, but it'll be a pre-order, and it won't come until after January the 18th. Now, if you want to buy the book from my publisher, you'll get a 15% discount. The publisher is FaithfulText.com. It's actually Fidelis Publishing, but the website is FaithfulText.com. You go there and pre-order the book now, you're going to get a 15% discount off the cost of the book. The book is $29. bucks. you will get a 15% discount off the cost of the book. Now, let me add one other thing. Uh, I, I am using my book to encourage people to support our organization as Patriot Partners. Now, Patriot Partner is someone who gives regularly, either monthly, automatically from their, their credit or debit card, from their bank account, or they send in a check monthly. Uh, and we're giving, I'm giving a signed, numbered copy of the book to each person uh, in the order in which those Patriot Partners sign up, to each person who signs up uh, to be a Patriot Partner. And that's the, the Patriot Partner standard is 25 bucks a month. We've got rid of two other options. We're just going to have one option, 25 bucks a month. We're going to send you a signed, numbered copy of the book. It'll be signed by me and numbered so you'll know exactly which number of the book you're getting. Because remember, the book is not out in public yet. I'm going to be sending you from my own personal stash. Okay, all right. Well, this is the beginning of a brand new year. What are we looking forward to for this year? Uh, and I can sum it up in the title of this program, The Awakening. Uh, I'm believing God for an awakening in America because we, we need one. We desperately need one. Because we are living in a time when there is a cancer on our culture, on our politics, and it is metastasized. And without the intervention of Almighty God, um, there's very little hope of turning the situation around. We can win here and there. I, I may have said this last week, but I really believe the Lord gave this to me. You know, conservatives, Christians, Republicans are stuck in trying to win elections. Leftists, socialists, Marxists, Democrats, they are trying to win the culture. And what a big difference there is in those two perspectives. See, because they know, as Andrew Breitbart said, politics is downstream from culture. You win the culture, you ultimately take the politics. And that's what they're busy doing. And by the way, this, folks, I don't think there's any exaggeration to say this is very much like Mao Zedong's long march through the culture because they are using every aspect of American institutions in life to propound their twisted, perverted socialist agenda. There's nothing that they won't use, nothing. Uh, obviously, they'll use churches. Uh, we know they're using the military. These, these, these are bastions of conservative, traditional values but they're trying to co-opt them. They've pretty much taken over the military, at least for now under the Biden administration. They use entertainment. They use the museums. Did you hear that Time Magazine came up with an article saying that the roots of, of Americans' uh, commitment to fitness is racist? Oh yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, if you work out, that's because you're racist. I don't know what that means for, for black folks or, or, or you know people from uh, whose ancestry come from someplace other than Europe, when we, we work out, I don't know, I, I mean, I suppose if you work out and you're black, you, you don't realize you're a victim of racism. <laughs> and if you work out and you're white, I guess you don't realize you're a perpetrator of racism for working out. And look, I, you can't take this stuff seriously except to understand it is an all-out effort in every aspect to take over the culture. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. 
One of this country's greatest success stories is its economy. It's one of the reasons so many people around the world want to come to this country and become Americans. But our nation's economy is at a crossroads. This is the reason Samuel Gregg wrote his book, The Next American Economy. He was on my radio program recently to talk about the current state of America's economy and the threats it faces from three ideologies, protectionism, industrial policy, and stakeholder capitalism. He then provides a foundation and important guidelines for building an economy that will thrive in the 21st century. Protectionism may seem like a solution to economic threats from other nations. At best, raising trade barriers might appear to be effective in the short run, but will lead to greater problems in the long run. It also leads to cronyism and political gamesmanship. Industrial policy is an attempt to have the government guide and direct businesses and industry. But nobody knows enough about the future to craft an effective policy. And the problem of crony capitalism surfaces here as well. Stakeholder capitalism is the latest economic fad, which he describes as business against the market. Bringing wokeism into boardrooms has been a disaster. He reminds us that America is a creative nation and has provided a foundation for entrepreneurs and inventors. America is also a competitive nation, but has been damaged by unnecessary government regulation. America is also a trading nation that produces goods and services consumed by people around the world. He calls for us to return to the idea of a commercial republic that provides political freedom and economic freedom that rest on values and virtues derived from sources like the Jewish and Christian faiths. This is the prescription this country needs. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Racism, go to viewpoints.info racism. That's viewpoints.info racism. Where does revival really begin? Well, there's a clear answer to that in the scripture. It starts with you. A.W. Tozer said, a man by his sin may waste himself, which is to waste that which on earth is most like God. This is man's greatest tragedy and God's heaviest grief. God longs for those he created to be walking in the fullness of his glory so the world can see what an extraordinary God he is. If you wanna see national revival, it begins with personal reviving. Draw a circle around yourself and ask God to begin his movement in your heart. Be open and honest and let him move. This is Bill Eliff for OneCry.com. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. I'll tell you, as a practical matter, I would in 2023 love to see, and I think this is part of an awakening, the, the backs of this pernicious movement, the, or the back of this pernicious movement broken. And, and the way it, it has to be broken is that the, the victimology that it teaches people Women are victims. Black people are victims. Hispanic people are victims. And you know, I mean, if you're if you're not a Christian, you're a victim. And and if you're homosexual, you're transgender, you're a victim. Everybody's a victim. Uh, you break the back of that in our country. You have an, a, a cult, even a cultural and patriotic awakening in which people begin to realize: Wait a minute, I, I'm not I'm not anybody's victim. I'm not a victim. I'm a, a free individual. I can do what I want to do with my life. I'm. I'm free to live as, as I choose. And life is not perfect, and not everybody's going to like me, agree with me, uh, uh, support me, but so what? That's life. Uh, it particularly, if you break that in the black community, you break that in the stronghold they still have in the Hispanic community, and it, it, you, you've gone a long way toward breaking the back of the whole movement. Now, look, they're not interested, they meaning the left, and I would include the Democrat Party, of course, because they've become a wholly leftist party. There was a time you might not have been able to say that, but the, the Democrat Party has, does not have a scintilla of conservatism in it anymore. But the point is not to solve any of these problems, folks. The point is not to create equity. 
That's that's a misnomer. That's a euphemism. The point is not to create fairness. The point is not to create a better society. The point is to set America up for a complete overthrow. That's the point. Look, America's fundamentally flawed in its conception. Why? Well, it was conceived by a bunch of racist slaveholders. Fundamentally flawed in its inception. Why? Because the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence and framed the Constitution were also a bunch of racists. Fundamentally flawed in its growth. Why? Because it stole the land from the Native Americans and it built the country on the backs of slaves. So that's what they, that's what they say. And fundamentally flawed in, its, in its, its, its present condition because it is systemically racist because of those origins. It is systemically inequitable. It is, is, it is systemically sexist, systemically xenophobic, systemically homophobic, systemically Islam, Islamophobic. You can't correct it. You've got to fundamentally transform it. You've got to create a different system. You've got to get rid of it altogether. See, that's what they're really up to. That's what they're after. That's what George Soros is after. That's what the true elites in the Democrat Party are after. That's what Klaus Schwab is after. Because you better believe America's the prize. Okay? America is the prize, folks. You get America, you pretty much got the rest of the world. Because America, America is the is the oasis of 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 traditional Judeo-Christian values and true liberty, and liberty can only be understood as a matter of individual freedom. No such thing as collective liberty. Because when you create a collective definition of liberty, what you're saying is you are free only to abide by what the collective tells you you must think, say, and do. See, because, look, the Chinese Communist Party would say the people of China are free. But that's, it's an Orwellian freedom. But you're free because they, they define what freedom is and then they tell you you are free. And that's, you are free because they tell you you are. Individual liberty says, no, I, I get to think my own thoughts. Thank you very much. I don't see it that way. Oh, no, well, you're not going along with the program. Yeah, that's right. I'm not. And I'm free not to. See, the left wants to take us to a place where you don't have that option. You, you better go along or you are in trouble, just like what China's doing right now with their, with their merit and demerit system where they're watching you and, and, and evaluating you and determining what privileges you get or do not get on the basis of whether you meet the Communist Party's uh, standards as to what a good communist is. That's exactly where we're going. How do you think, what do you think it boils down to when you, they say, well, you can't get tenure unless you sign on to this diversity, equity, and inclusion commitment. And you say, well, but see, that, that doesn't mean true fairness to people, to me, and I want fairness to people. And I think of people as individuals, and I want each individual treated fairly. Oh, well, you then move on. You're not welcome here. And, and it's now, look, every institution in our culture is now imbued with this mess. You know, when my wife and I were uh, vacationing in Maine a few years ago and driving around, you know, we were in the Portland area, but we drove to some other places. Maine's very liberal. We would see in small shops signs, Black Lives Matter, um, you know, they were telling you, small businesses were telling you, basically, you're not welcome if you don't think the way we do. Just like they told the Family Foundation at that restaurant in Richmond, you're not welcome here because we find your views dangerous. You make people uncomfortable and feel unsafe. Well, all of this is just 
it's it's just camouflage for for what they're really saying, which is we don't believe in the First Amendment, and you do not have a right to think and say and do what you please. That's really what that boils down to. We don't recognize any such right. The problem is they've got a constitution in the way and they want to get that out of the way and get all of our Judeo-Christian and traditional values out of the way so that basically they can do whatever they want to do by way of controlling people's thoughts, speech, and actions. That's, that's really where this is going. That's why the homosexual activist chooses the Christian shop to sue and to go to to get something done that they know the Christian probably won't do. That's why they choose the Christian. Because you don't get to think and say and do what you please. You don't have freedom of conscience. You're going to bend. You're going to yield to what we want you to be. Now, look, people who don't understand this, and folks, I'm not jumping into this fray in the Capitol because I don't know Kevin McCarthy personally. I haven't studied the issue carefully enough. I do know this. I trust Bob Good. I trust Andy Biggs. I trust that they are constitutionalists who love this country and love God, and if they've made a commitment that they're not going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, it's because they see something that others either can't or won't see. And I think that that something is real, which is, in, does Kevin McCarthy understand what I just said to you? Now, I know there's a downside that people are suggesting, which is, you know, you could blow the whole thing up, you could set the Republican Party back, and so on and so forth. Uh, and here's my view of that. We've been doing business as usual. How's that been working out for us? How has that been working out for us? You know, whenever, whenever somebody comes along and says, well, you know what? I'm not going along. Oh, no, you're, you're disrupting. You're getting in the way. Well, that's going to be terrible. Well, then I want to say, well, how, so you're suggesting what we've been doing up until now has been great? You know, I think we could use a little disruption. I think we could use a little ruffling of the feathers. I think it's, we need people who understand what I just told you, which is the left presents an existential threat to the future of this country as we know it. And here again, that, that is not hyperbole. It's quite clear that that's where they're going. It's quite clear that that's what they want. I mean, this omnibus bill, all this spending, on LGBTQ stuff. Where, where is the constitutional authority to take taxpayer dollars and spend it to advance this, this perverse sexual agenda? Where's that come from? It's not there. But they do it anyway. Because who's going to stop them? So for some of them, the Constitution is already a dead letter. Who cares what the Constitution says? I think Barack Obama let the cat out of the bag was probably the first politician I remember to do so who actually openly critiqued the Constitution, said that it was a flawed document because it didn't give government enough positive rights and powers. Most politicians don't touch that. But he, he said it. Now you've got scholars writing articles saying we ought to just ignore the Constitution. I mean, scholars in very prestigious institutions like the ones who started critical race theory. So... So I don't know how this is all going to work out tomorrow uh, with this this vote. But look, I think all the people are saying this is horrible. This is terrible. You might you might disrupt the Republican Party. I say, let's trust God. I know that Bob Good is a godly man. Andy Biggs is a godly man. I believe these people are behaving prayerfully. And 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 I look. I can stand to be corrected if, if things go awry and it turns out to be a debacle and, and terrible for, for the direction in which we want to see the country go. Look, I'll stand corrected. But right now, I, I, I say, look, I, I'm simply tired of business as usual. I'm tired of everybody going along to get along. If this omnibus bill is the kind of compromise that Kevin McCarthy is going to support, uh, I'm having none of that. I'm having none of that. I mean, that thing is an abomination. So we'll we'll see how all of that goes. Look, when we come back, I'm going to start taking your calls. I'll put a couple of other issues on the table. 888-589-8840. In fact, this is the opening of 2023. Who knows? Tomorrow could be the first great breakthrough we have for all we know. 888-589-8840. Back in a moment. 
it's my turn. Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He endured the pain, the hurt, and the cruel remarks only because of his great love for us. Because of all our hatefulness, our stinginess, our sinfulness, he died upon that ugly cross. He loved us enough to take every sorry thing about us upon himself and to pay for our unworthiness. He wanted us to have the best, and because of it, he died for us. He wanted so much for us to love each other, and because of it, he died for us. He wanted a world free of war and hatred and every other ugly thing, and because of it, he died for us. But we scorned him. We took his love and made fun of it. We beat him, laughed at his way, took him out and nailed him to two pieces of wood. Then we stood around, drank our booze, gambled for his clothing, and mocked him as he bled to death. For nearly 2,000 years now, he's been trying to get us to understand that this is his world and that no way will work in his world but his way. But we humans know more than he does, so we go on killing, robbing, cheating, and lying, making fun of him and his way. It isn't popular to be a follower of his. You'll still be made fun of, scorned, and laughed at. You can't get ahead in life by practicing his principles, so we're told, and we must all get ahead. We take followers of his and make them liars and cheats in our movies. We show them as weak, insecure, unstable people. Most of the time, we picture them as some sort of holier-than-thou hypocrite. We have twisted his way, perverted his teachings, misused his church, wasted away his material goods, and our world is still searching for that something that is missing. Man is still the only animal on the face of the earth that will kill for revenge, and we call him the only civilized animal. How great must be the hurt in his heart to see what he had planned for us and what we have done with that plan, to see what great things he has prepared for us, and then to see how we have scorned his way, to have love that would allow his own son to die for our sinfulness, and then to see that love refused. How patient he is. Why he did not sweep us away centuries ago is beyond our understanding. No, we can't understand it. No one can. But we can understand one thing, and that is that he loves us more than we can ever understand. We know he will accept us with all our ugliness and unworthiness. We know he'll give us life and love. We know his power is greater than death. And apart from him, there's no life at all. It seems that after 2,000 years, we humans would get around to trying his way. But, like he said, we're ignorant. And I guess that's one reason he died for us. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. By the way, for those of you watching us live stream, live stream, I'm holding my book up now. I should have held it up when I talked about it, but there it is, um, available to you now at FaithfulText.com. Uh, our prayers go up for these three police officers who were macheted by this radicalized Islamic terrorist who is running around apparently telling people America needs to, to, to be brought down and, and uh, you know, telling people that they need to repent and, and, and submit to Allah and all of that. Uh, this kid apparently is, a, I think he's American born. I don't think he's somebody who just came across the border. It certainly is not somebody who came across the border illegally. Here's the issue I want to present to you. What does it mean to be on the terrorist watch list? He was, he is, well, I guess he's locked up now, but, what does that mean? Does it mean you get to watch people commit acts of terror? The reason this stuff is happening, folks, is that we were forced by the left to buy into terrorists as mere criminals rather than enemy combatants. That was the whole impetus for closing down Guantanamo Bay. Uh, these people are to be treated like criminals 
and prosecuted in the criminal justice system. And the criminal justice system, you can't be touched until you commit a crime. But on an enemy battlefield, you can deal with the enemy before the enemy manages to do harm if you catch him in the right way. And my concern is this guy had uh, attacked three cops with his machete. What if he'd had three bombs? I mean, what do we have to wait until somebody, one of these terrorists crossing our borders commits a, a heinous act and kills hundreds, if not thousands of Americans, and then, then we can go in and arrest them? I mean, this stuff is just, it's exasperating. It, it's lacking in common sense. We need to go back to looking at these people as enemy combatants. Once they are radicalized, once they start uh, uh, demonstrating, I guess what they call this, um, well, some sort of terrorist ideation where they're, they're espousing and talking about bringing America down and killing Americans and all of this. We need to move in and treat them like enemy combatants and stop them from doing what they're proposing to do. But no, no, no. We, instead, we, we watch them and then they end up doing it. So there's going to be a lot to answer for. Since this guy was on the terrorist watch list, how in the world does he end up almost killing three cops? Uh, the only other thing I want to mention before I come to your calls is, well, two other things. Bernie Marcus is saying America's becoming socialist. Bernie Marcus is one of the co-founders of Home Depot. He's saying America is becoming socialist. I think he's absolutely right. And we've got to put a stop to it. We have got to put a stop to it. That's what the awakening is all about. That's part of, that's what I mean by the, the cancer metastasizing. Uh, and he's complaining about people not wanting to work. Well, why should they have to work when I think I shared with you last week, you can get a median, median income for a family of four without having to work at all. So why work? Thank God, not every big business owner, not every corporate leader is caught up with this wokeness nonsense. Last thing, and then I'll come to your calls. You know, a new study is showing that millennials, unlike prior generations, millennials are not becoming more conservative as they get older, but becoming more liberal. Now, I think that that's the beginning of a trend because the propaganda machine of the Democrat Party is so powerful. And here again, this is why, I mean, they've got control of the mainstream media. By the way, I'm reading um, a a biography of Herbert Hoover. It talks about uh, what happens after Hoover loses to Roosevelt. And it gets into the fact that Roosevelt began to do something that no prior president had ever done. He began to use the federal government as a political machine. He began to use the federal government as a way of rewarding his friends, punishing his enemies, and building, in effect, a political juggernaut that was completely irresistible, that no no challenger could even come close to dealing with. And that was in the Depression. But that's how he began to use spending, federal largesse, creating agencies— He built a machine, kind of explains why he got elected four times, doesn't it? And the Democrat Party has continued to do that, and the Republican Party, maybe you can't call it a failure, but let's put it this way. They have certainly not figured out an antidote to that kind of behavior uh, and to that kind of politics. And as a result, we find ourselves often behind the eight ball, conservatives, Republicans, Christians, traditionalists, behind the eight ball to a Democrat party that just continues to steamroll us. 888-589-8840 is the number. All right, let's get to your phones. Uh, Let's go to Mike in Mississippi. Mike, welcome. Hey, brother. Oh, is that racist? (laughs) You know, Mike, it it probably is, man. By their standards, (laughs) everything is. Oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, man. Look, I ain't going to give you a second, but, you know, you, <laughs> I hear you. I love you to death, man. You're great. I've been listening to you for a long time. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, like you just said a minute ago, that we got to do something about it. Okay. Who, who is going to be we? 
And let me ask you another thing. In in the the New Testament didn't wipe away the Old Testament, okay? I don't I don't right. believe that it did. And the Old Testament, God put a lot of people down. A lot, a lot of people. And then also he helped people put people down. You know, kill them. Go, you know, take this, take that, take that. So, you know, mm. my my answer to all this LBGQT and um, uh, racism and wokeness and teaching our kids all this kind of stuff with, uh, I think it's okay to say queer now, uh, um, that they doing all yeah. of these things in front of these little kids. They're, I heard yesterday it was on your show or last week on your show, somebody, that they were uh, – uh, taking children and 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 uh, the girls cutting off their breasts, the yep. boys uh, yep. doing the other thing down there, and yeah. and uh, how we going how how do we stop that? I mean, these All people right. are crazy. Mike, I got I got the point. Thank you for the call, my friend. Um, Mike, and I know what you're getting at. It is exasperating. Violence is not the answer. We have got to pray, and we've got to use every mechanism at our disposal. Uh, I'll talk to you in a, in a second. Maybe when I come back after this segment, um, I'll get into uh, an article that I read in the Capital Research Capital Research Journal about what they're doing to try to take over our elections. See, and my question is, what what are conservatives doing? What is the Republican Party doing? Because very often my answer seems to be nothing. Thank you for the call, though, my friend. Mary in Texas. Mary, welcome. Thank you for taking my call. You asked what stands out in 2022. My husband was in the hospital in April, and he waited 14 hours for a room, and he ended up in the VIP room. And if you've seen this room, it is huge. And the bathroom is big as a bedroom in my home. <laughs> well, come seven months later, I ended up in the hospital, and I waited 10 hours and I was the last one out of the ER to get a room. Where did they put me? I got the VIP room. This wow. room has double doors when you enter and I would say three or four hospital rooms would fit in it. The bathroom alone is big as one of my bedrooms at home. And I was able I had leg surgery, I was able to have a walking track in my bedroom to the bathroom and I was able to recover sooner because I had that exercise wow. room. But the surgical assistant, when I told him my husband was here seven months ago, and this, he said, I got the VIP room. I said, I know. And he said, um, someone above must be looking after you and Amen. your husband. Amen. And, you know, Amen. we're on Social Security. I could not believe it that wow. both Wendell and me got that. It was amazing that, how God blessed his for people. Amen. Mary, thank you for the call. For that to happen twice in a row like that, uh, is that is that is the miracle working power of God and the favor of God. I have to tell you, uh, thank you for the call, Mary. I have to tell you that I didn't know that hospitals had such rooms. Call me ignorant, but I didn't know that. Wow. the A VIP room, huh? Man, that's interesting. Uh, I'm glad you got it, Mary, and I'm glad your husband got it, and I'm glad it was a help to you. The number is 888-589-8840. When I come back, I want to just talk very briefly about this this Capital Research Center uh, article that points out the amount of money Democrats are pouring into taking over local election apparatus. See, this is what I mean, folks. They are going for the juggler for the whole ball of wax. Back in a moment. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation 
Thank you for standing with us. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at American AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Did you know the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of all abortions? Preborn Ministry continues to stand with women in crisis in their darkest hour and bring hope and life. After Marissa took the abortion pill, she immediately regretted it, but Preborn was there for her. Look at that baby. Look how beautiful he is. Look at that. Abortion pill reversal actually works. Let's hear his heartbeat. Oh, look how strong it is. Praise God. By God's amazing grace, this baby was saved, but many more need our help. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Nothing good is going to happen when you get to a certain hour at night and you feel this pressure to try to resolve something because I have to resolve it before bed and you've got two tired, cranky, exhausted, emotional people trying to duke something out at midnight. If you're having an argument with your spouse, it may be best to press pause. This is Focus on the Family Minute and Shanti Feldhahn recalls what some couples told her about late night conflict. And they said, you're gonna hurt each other. You're gonna say things you don't mean. You're gonna agree to things you wish you'd never agreed to and you get resentful. And so they said sometimes they would get to the point where they would say, you know what? Nothing's good is gonna happen from us doing this. Let's say we're gonna sleep on it. We'll come back to it in the morning. We're okay, I love you. We need to do this in the morning. And then the next morning, half the time they were like, what was that about? You know, because you get a good night's sleep, it looks different. Uh, what a difference a good night's sleep can make. And uh, you can hear more from Shanti at familyminute.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Uh, in this article, uh, put out by the Capital Research Center, they put out a monthly journal. By the way, if you just Google that, you can find it, but go to capitalresearch.org. I think they send you these for free. Uh, they talk about an organization that was just started in April called Run for Something, and it is funded by the U.S. Alliance for Election Assistance, check out that euphemistic name, with $80 million, and their goal is to elect election supervisors registrars, recorders, and local officials charged with running elections. And it says, 24 states, as you all probably know, have enacted bans on private money for elections trying to avoid what Mark Zuckerberg did in the 2020 election. But they say the U.S. Alliance for Election Assistance is teaching people how to get around those bans and find the loopholes. And one that they're using is they're going to help train the workers. They're going to help train the elected officials. See, this is what I mean. These people are praying, are, are, are playing for everything. And they're putting $80 million behind a brand new organization just started in, uh, in April. And those of us here on, in the grassroots effort, and I mean, thank God for American Family Radio and the American Family Association we're, we're a communication and information set of companies primarily, but these grassroots organizations on the conservative side, my question is, what are they doing? What are they doing? Because it's clear the left is moving. Now, now no elections coming up for two years, but they've already put $80 million into trying to make sure that they take over all of the election apparatus and officials across the country starting with $80 million. So he, it, it just, just pointing out, for, oh, and by the way, and working in concert with the Biden administration, because these are nonprofits doing nonprofit work, 
working with the Biden administration. 888-589-8840. So, yeah, we, we, we need to be prayerful and we need to be busy. And, of course, where are those millionaires and billionaire Christians who can help American Family Radio, can help stand, can help other organizations that are on the front lines and match what these leftists are doing. By the way, uh, they're getting funding from the owner of eBay. First time I'd seen, but he's very actively involved in putting lots of money into these kinds of efforts to support the leftist agenda. Again, 888-589-8840. Let's come to your calls. Let's see. I want to try to get those of you who've been waiting the longest. Let's go to Sherry in Texas. Sherry, welcome. Sherry, are you there? I guess we've lost Sherry. Let's go to Amanda in Illinois. Amanda, welcome. Hello. Hi, Hi Amanda. Hi. Um, it's nice to get through. I've tried to call before, and I've never gotten through to the show. I love the station. I love AFA and AFR. It's Thank nice you. to have somewhere to go to listen to, to hear conservative Christian values voiced in a public forum. Well, I appreciate that, Amanda, and I'm glad you got through today. Um, but my question, or my comment, actually, about the um, the people who keep um, calling in, and I hear this over and over again on not just your show, on several of them, but they say, well, how can we turn the situation around with the transgender ideology and the things that are happening with that whole um, spectrum of issues? <laughs> the thought that I keep having, is it time to stop trying to turn it around and just accept that this is part of the great falling away and this is just the track that we're on and things are not going to get better, and we just need to focus on our individual homes and the people around us so we can raise them up in the way they should go. Well, listen, Amanda, thank you so much for the call, and, uh, and keep listening. Um, let me just say, folks, here's the problem with that. Jesus came with a positive mission and a negative mission. And sometimes we can get stuck on the positive mission when we ignore the negative mission. The positive mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's exactly what, exactly what Amanda's getting at. Let's save our families. Let's, let's build, you know. But there was a negative mission too, which was what? To destroy the works of the devil. To destroy the works of the devil. We can't, we can't leave either one of those sides of the mission out. We've got to seek and, to save, seek and save that which is lost, and we've got to destroy the works of the devil wherever we find it. And when you're trying to, to recruit children into this sexual perversion and operate on their bodies and inject them with hormones, uh, we as Christians simply cannot be silent, and we cannot stand on the sidelines and say, well, you know, this is, this is, what, this is what's going to happen. This is what's expected. Because sooner or later, sooner or later, we take that attitude, it's going to be your child. Sooner or later, they're going to find some way to get through to your family. And you'll look up and say, well, where'd, where'd you get that from? Like some, I heard one parent say, child came home, a five-year-old came home, I think, from kindergarten and saying, what's the difference between a boy and a girl? How do I know I'm a boy? What? Where, where you get from kindergarten? 888-589-8840 is the number. Thank you for the call, though, Amanda. Let's go to Steve in Texas. Steve, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, brother, I just got to tell you I agree with you 100%. I think uh, Carthy needs to go. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if you actually said that, but that's what I'm saying. He needs to go. Uh, you know, I, when you start getting support from people like these, these lifetimers, like uh, New Gingrich and things like that, that are saying these people like uh, – you're talking about her disrupting uh, the, the, the flow and the conservative party and all that stuff. Here's a lifetime politician, and when you start getting supporting, uh, anyhow, when, the, when you start telling him that, 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 that they're, they're the disruptors and all that stuff, I think uh, that, that tells you that we're on the right side. There's no, like Barna said, there's like what, less than 2% of people in America that are actually evangelicals. Why would Congress be any different, you know? So you got to go. Amen. I, look, Steve, I don't disagree with you. Whether he will go or not is another matter. But but I, I've, I, I, have, I didn't say that earlier today, but I have said that before. I just think he's not the kind of leader that we need at a moment like this. 
So I agree with you. Thank you so much for the call, Steve. And, and obviously, Representative Bob Good agrees with you, and Andy Biggs agrees with you, and a number of others as well. There are five who said they'll never vote for him under any circumstances. There's another 13 or so, I think, who said maybe, but not yet. They're not there yet. So he doesn't have the votes yet to be elected speaker either. And so we'll see what emerges if he can't carry the day. If he loses a ballot or two, it may be that people start looking to another leader. So we shall see. It'll be interesting to watch. Let's go to George in North Dakota. George, welcome. Hi, Bishop. I hope you hey, have George. a good new year. I just and wanted you too. I just wanted to comment on this uh, radical terrorist who attacked these three police officers. I agree. He was radicalized. He uh, needs to be treated as an enemy combatant. Um, but wow, George, you're, you're agreeing 20- with me. Okay, great. <laughs> yes, I know. This is 2023. Who, who knew? <laughs> uh, but, but we have to also acknowledge uh, terrorist activities such as the January 6th insurrection. That was also a terrorist activity, as well as some of these others like the Tops grocery store, um, mass shooting, uh, the uh, the nightclub yeah. in Colorado Springs. These are all people who have been radicalized. Uh, we tend to, with some of these, we tend to uh, come up with, you know, for lack of a better word, excuses. Oh, he was. Okay. Well, thanks for the call. Um, I, I see. I I don't I don't agree. First of all, a lot of these these shootings are mass shootings by deranged people who've somehow gotten it in their minds that they that they want to kill some others and kill themselves. That that's that's not a terrorist. Terrorists are people who are driven by an ideological perspective that says they have got to destroy the enemy. They in fact they've got to destroy America for that matter. That's why I would not say that the January six people are terrorists. I would say that was a riot and a rally that just went terribly wrong. And there may be some people, there have been some people who thought that they were going to make more of that. But as I've said before, the notion that the people who entered the Capitol were somehow going to overthrow the United States government is so preposterous that it really doesn't even deserve to spend any time on it. I mean, it's just utterly ridiculous. And what did they ultimately do? Okay, they they got the vote uh, on the uh, Electoral College postponed. Some that's I'll tell you what now, brother, if that's an insurrection, insurrection, uh, some insurrection, I mean, they that's that is politically charged language that is used to try to condemn these people when many of those people were really there for peaceful purposes, uh, trying to get consideration for some of the concerns that they had about the 2020 election. So I would not class them as terrorists. But thank you for the call, my friend. Uh, let's go to. Another George in Missouri. George, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Happy New Year. Same uh, to you, George. Um, you know, we've been having a problem with these Muslim people, and we're letting all these people across the border. And we we have uh, and and they they commit acts of terrorism in our our country, and then we hire them as politicians, like the as. Uh, as uh, the the squad, the six in the squad, and yeah. they they tell you what they're going to do, and we still hire them. Why do we why do we let these people in our government at all? And uh, it should be a litmus test where it, 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 you can't speak yeah. through both sides of your mouth. I mean, um, all right, George, George, I'm I'm out of time, but look, you've heard me say. As far as I'm concerned, if you come into this country, and even legally, and you become a citizen, there ought to be a probationary period. When you start talking against America, when you start expressing these views like Ilhan Omar has, your your citizenship ought to be revoked. You ought to be kicked out because you're, you're on a probationary period to see whether you're here and you become a citizen because you love this country or because you're here because you want to destroy it. And if you want to destroy it, we ought to kick you out. Well, that's going to do it for today. Happy New Year, everybody. (laughs) I hate to end on that note, but Happy New Year. 
and I hope this is the best one yet. Stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.